I'm not going to say anything and I'm not going to say any words until I know it's all being recorded. I want it. I want a record of it all. Should anything happen that I need a record to reference, it is all, all being recorded and we know it is because that lady's robot voice told us. Welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome and brandana sports podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 193 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Please subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell a friend. Shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandana. And with me, as always, knowing this podcast only has one overtime, most awesome. Oh, that's right, baby. I only know I, we, we go when we go long, I know exactly how long it's going to be for. Yep, just one over time. We haven't really had to use it yet, and it hasn't ended in a tie, but technically it could. I guess it could. We, yeah, exactly. I mean, we've never had a Nia end in a tie. Man, it's kind of weird we haven't. Like, we've done, we've done some challenging things. I've let you kind of decide it at the end. It would be interesting to maybe just do, like, it, like maybe we do college football rules, and we do, like, a concept bracket, and we just got to, like, kind of one-up each other, like, constellation bracket style until we declare the winner. Or maybe we yeah. can get a tie. Yeah, hey, look at okay. this. We don't know the rules of our own Neapolitan showdown. Oh, <laughs> shit. Who are we to throw stones in our glass <laughs> podcasts? I know. That's fair. I'm embarrassed. Uh, how you doing, right? Your voice deeper? You got a cold? You just sounded like just raspy. Yeah, just just raspy. You know, you know, yeah. Just work work in that work in that cold, my friend. Look, this is the this is the life of, of three young kids. If they get something, daddy's gonna get something too. But I'm fighting through. I'm fighting through. Happen. Yeah, it's, it's not happen. like your uh, what was like your brother-in-law or something who swore by drinking just some pool water one day it turned him into like a superhero. Who was exactly. that in your life? Yes, that was in my life. That was my brother-in-law. Yeah, exactly. He's fortified by pool water. <laughs> <laughs> it's hero ball, hero ball right there. Um, well, guys, just as a uh, pool water will make you stronger, um, this podcast will make you stronger. There we go, guys. Right from the headline, we're doing week. 10 NFL recap doing MAB fixes. We're talking about Scotty's Pippen's reputation. We're going to do a little, hey, you hear about this? You hear about, hear about this? From the, uh, this riff from the Yahoo headlines, doing Neapolitan showdown, top three trick plays. Then we're going to finish as we always do with our MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, you're our power. It starts now. Extra, extra, read all about it. I'm talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines there. If you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. Hey, bro, um, we're from the headlines. NFL Week 10 recap. Why are we talking about that week, brother? Because I don't know what teams are good and teams are bad anymore. I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I don't get it. Has this... I guess the NFL has, you know, it always like the parody a little bit, but you look back and I was doing this a little bit in Brandana Gambling Corner, and that was inspired by just me doing a little gambling and taking a long look in the mirror because yeah. I can't figure shit out. Like, I mean, we have that. This goes back to, uh, so week nine, we had, we had like, um, we had the Cowboys losing to the Broncos, yes. which that looked even more crazy. The Broncos getting like stomped out by the Eagles this week. Uh, what else went down there? We had the, the Bills losing to the Jags. Yep. We had the Giants beat somebody too. The Giants beat, yeah, I don't know. Uh, 
oh, I drink everybody. But then on Thursday Night Football, this week we had the, the Dolphins, uh, Dolphins beating yep. fucking the Ravens. What? Yeah, and then like uh, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers losing to the Washington football team. And yeah. there was um, there's one more kind of not as egregious this week, but still like a little head scratcher. I don't know. So there's just a lot of. Well, let's not forget about Monday night. The fucking 49ers putting working on the Rams. That was the other one. Yeah. yeah. I, I will get to that game too. Cause I have a little questions about, um, I got these all teed up, but the main thing to know right now is like, do you remember parody at this level before, or is this parody or is this just like a big helping of mediocrity? Cause those are two different things. It's a good question. This is a good question. I, I, I know we've heard a lot early on, and and I agree with some of it with the the taunting rules, kind of unfairly giving some teams some advantages. We've seen some uh, some down ref play, if you will. The refs have been a little inconsistent over the year. Um, yeah. I, I don't know because I mean because it's it's hard to say is 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 it parity? I'd like to lean more towards parity, or is it just bad play? I don't know. Cause like even our superstars really haven't looked that sharp. We've talked a lot about Aaron Rodgers. We talked a lot about Patrick Mahomes. Did I lose you, bro? No, I'm here. Yeah. You're there? In and out, but we'll get through it. We can't do it. Yeah. Or maybe don't. Maybe oh, not. Yeah, I don't I'm see here. You there? You're, I, I can hear you, but my oh. face is. Okay. There you go. There you go. Okay. Uh, you want to clap it off real quick? Yeah, let's clap it off. Okay. Let's do it. All right. Just give nah, it a little nah, nah, nah. right? La 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 yeah. la. Ready? Uh, One, two, three. So yeah, I mean, just we we've seen poor play from quarterbacks, right? With like Patrick Mahomes being a little off, Aaron Rodgers being a little off. Uh, I'm trying to look. You know, some days Tom Brady looks like you know this fountain of youth, and then he goes and throws you know, two, three picks against the saints and, you know, two, three picks against the Washington football team. I can't tell if that's, if that's mediocrity and just the leagues are just, you know, rampantly figuring every team out each week and, you know, injuries and, uh, you know, the, the additional game, uh, which we haven't really seen quite, you know, rear its ugly head just yet, but it's kind of all got to mix into it. Right. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, it all is a part of it. Yeah, so it would be insane to just try to define it or boil it down to a thing. But I definitely think so. We had this big kind of turnover in the quarterback class, which yep. is, you know, a lot of a lot of Hall of Famers, like probably one of the most like clustered Hall of Fame groups, like around three or four years ago, kind of uh, age out of their prime, which would take a lot of the the headlines, the highlights, and, you know, they, they were in the league long enough to kind of give you that level of consistency where like, you know, still still expect that from like a Tom Brady, but also Tom Brady now going against father time as he always has, like some of that drop off is going to happen. So like kind of that elite and Aaron Rodgers is, I think like kind of just right on the other side of his prime, if not yeah. like a little bit further than that. So now like, you know, a Patrick Mahomes, uh, Herbert, like um, Dak seems to be maybe one of the more kind of dependable stars that we have right now. Like Matt Ryan kind of seems over it. So I think it's, it, it might not be the league might've always been like this, but we just didn't notice because we had like superstar quarterbacks that were able to figure out how to win and, you know, defenses that hadn't quite caught up to the quarterback yet. And now I think, you know, as defenses are getting, as defense almost, you know, has like a quarterback on their end and they're catching up to it on top of these guys that uh, these quarterbacks that just don't have, have the experience to be able to just, 
win every way possible. And we're seeing, you know, like a Josh Allen getting exposed by the Jaguars. We see a, you know, Lamar Jackson getting figured. I mean, he got fucking figured out by the Dolphins. And I watched that game because I gambled on it. And it wasn't like, yeah, I wasn't watching. It's just like, oh, come on, Lamar. Like, it was just like, he didn't have any answer for it. And it was the same thing. Like, it was just like, they just did like uh, the jailhouse blitz or whatever. And it was just like, but nobody understood it. And like, it took him until mid of the fourth quarter to be like, you got to throw the quick out or you got to throw the quick sign. Like you just have to get rid of the ball. And he would just like, he would look shocked. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, you got like six guys blocking there and they're rushing nine. And yeah. like, you're, you're trying to take a step and you slip and you fall over. So it's. Uh, yeah. That, that was, I think you're right. I think, I think that's a good answer. There's not the polarity that we've seen where we're like, all right, this team I can depend on in the AFC, this yeah. team I can depend on the NFC, these teams are garbage and the rest of it will just kind of figure it out. We don't have that, you know, the, like you said, the Thursday night game is a prime example, a team that we were hyping up and I swallowed in my week nine kind of, you know, pretense I had in my notes talking about is Lamar Jackson going to be a sneaky MVP candidate with averaging maybe 1200 yards on the season. And then he goes and lays an egg and egg on Thursday night and looked like a total regression you also had lamar jackson who had three like come from behind victories you know what i mean you have a team with two quarterbacks and Brissett and fucking tua going out there and just hammering them i mean it would it did not even look good so now i had a i thought this was a good playoff team and a good regular season team getting upended by a what i thought was going to be a very shitty dolphins team and it seemed some crappy play and now i just don't know which way is up anymore yeah, because it's totally weird because that brings a good point. Like, is Lamar Jackson good MVP or is it us just trying to make a narrative and figure out this season? Like, you know, like when Pat Mahomes is inconsistent, if something happens to Josh Allen, like, you know, like I just feel like we're searching for this, like who is our Peyton Manning of the league? Like who is yeah. our, you know, like prime Tom Brady? Who is our, you know, young Ben Roethlisberger? And like, those guys are just fucking gone. Yeah, like and we like, what two two three weeks ago we were talking about Stafford Brady, right? And I was yeah. thinking about this case because before last uh, last Thursday night game, Lamar Jackson was on pace for forty seven hundred yards, twenty eight TDs, and twelve hundred and seventy five rushing yards. That's fucking impressive when you think about it. And if they don't have bad losses, you know, if they go fifteen and two, oh well, this is a fucking playoff or this is an MVP caliber fucking you know squad here uh and then now brady's played like shit stafford has fucking played like shit we don't know we're rudderless pat mahomes is you know through five tds against uh the lowly raiders which is totally dysfunctional right now um i is is dak prescott you know you mentioned him earlier is he kind of the guy that's gonna take the mantle for america's team and the, the, the guy that we could depend on but even before that he he laid an egg the week before but they play yeah. last week that there are two atlanta they kicked the shit out of Atlanta. denver denver the, yes where they looked horrible they were nearly shut, shut out. out through three quarters mm-hmm. yeah uh yeah so you you touched on a little bit of each game i want to talk about then there's this interesting quarterback thing i want to talk about so let's not hit too much on the patriots and browns because i kind of want to wrap up with that beautiful let's talk about um bucks lose to the football team uh kind of a repeat of that playoff matchup last time tom brady has two ints in the first quarter almost the third uh not as concerning to me though what's more concerning like sometimes you know like 44 just gonna look 44 and that that like uh that's that's an old age to be out there like throwing it around and 
you know, he wasn't like, there's a lot of jobs just through the hands reminded me of the chiefs a little bit, just like, it seemed like they're playing with nerves or something. Uh, it wasn't even like, there weren't a lot of QB pressures. I think I saw a stat, like only four QB pressures the entire time. So the, the football team was just like, beat us. Like, we're just going to, we're going to zone up, like, um, just going to get around it. But the, my big concern, and then I'll let you take over is more of this, like this Tampa Bay defense that gave up, uh, an 11 minute drive at the end of the game in the oh. fourth quarter, when it looked like, you know, the extra point was missed by suck up. So the bucks trailing by four, but still you thought they'd get that ball back with, uh, yeah, like 12, 12 minutes and change back as running a touchdown with like uh, on fourth and one for, so it's just like a lot, like a very long drive methodical, like looked very, um, Heineke looked very comfortable. Uh, yeah. a lot of third down conversions, uh, yeah, so that the defense was a little bit more concerning to me because it's like whatever Brady's gonna have off days, but that Tampa Bay Bucks seemed like they something like the rest of the world's on. One more question because I'm a terrible at this and I always throw so many questions. I know you want to talk. Is do we expect too much from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they won the Super Bowl last year? Are they getting kind of an unfair magnifying glass in the NFC? Well, I think we elevated them because they returned all 22 starters. We heard all that. They returned all of their key staff. They had no defections. We hadn't really seen that since I think like the mid seventies Steelers, you know what I mean? Where uh, usually we see a bunch of players defect. None of them did. So let's run it back. Yeah. We we thought we had good high expectations and you know, they're still six and three. This is a bad, you know, right now they've had two bad losses on either side of a bye week Right. I mean, that, that saints game wasn't great. We go, all right where they're getting the lowly football team who's not playing very well either. And like you said, I think I'm glad you touched on that drive because that drive was like a, that was a statement drive that the football team had, which was like, yeah. we're just yeah, going to bury you. We're going to be more that's physical. Not, that's not a fluke play. That's not yeah. like, you know, a block punt that they take in. That was just like, we're, a, our offense is better than your defense. Absolutely. And, you know, and their, their offense hasn't been pay, playing super crispy either. Five turnovers in the last two games, you know, definitely, you know, has a role in that we talk a lot with the chiefs definitely played a role and their defense i mean they they had early losses they lost uh, uh bunting murphy uh their cornerback and they've had a bunch of secondary issues they brought richard sermon in. he even missed that game i mean they're 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 feeling the injury uh bug on the back you know the, the back seven there with their linebackers and safeties uh, i just think yeah i mean i think they're they're not playing great right here right now you know but they've got a good little you know they've got the giants here colts falcons you know they're at the colts and the falcons the next couple weeks it'll be interesting to see against the giants how tampa bay uh rebounds because that's the thing not to pivot to the dallas cowboys i don't know if you want to talk about them okay yeah they're next on the list but that's but that's why i was like okay Let's not totally write off last week. We we're talking about the Cowboys. Let's not write off after that Denver loss. Let's see how they play against the Falcons. And they came out and they fucking hammered them. And they looked really good on all sides of the ball. They had a couple momentum plays and they fucking buried a Falcons team that was playing pretty well. I think four and two in their last six games. So it wasn't like they were playing bad. I, I to compare the answer for Tampa Bay to what my thought was on Dallas is is I want to see how they rebound after a tough loss. They've had a couple tough losses. Denver or Dallas hasn't played well. They rebounded. They showed me what they are. Uh, I'm not totally going to write off the Bucs just yet. Yes, I think we need to be a little less. uh, That's a great point. I think to tie to what we talked about at the top of this segment was, I think we're judging teams a little 
it's like each team gets a mulligan. Yep. And we need to judge them more on the possibility of their ceiling as opposed to the floor we've seen from them. Yeah. Because it seems like everybody like is very capable of having just an absolute dog shit week. Like it doesn't seem like it's about that. Like Green Bay does it. Like run it. Give me one Super Bowl contender right now that you like that didn't just look like absolute like they didn't belong in the fucking field at least one week like this yeah. year. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, they will judge a little bit. But talk about the uh, Dallas Cowboys kicking the shit out of the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Dallas's ceiling looks very high. One of the highest, if not the highest. I'll say the highest in the NFC. Are they your favorite in the NFC right now, or are you still like Green Bay? I mean, that was such an impressive game. I mean, you don't really see teams handle them on all like all three fronts like the way that the Cowboys did the Falcons and I mean it was more impressive the I knew that what they were capable offensively I mean I do really think getting Gallup back was important for them just getting a you know a receiver that is more than competent and you can take the pressure off of not having like a you know a, a real tight end threat to go over and and, and it's going to make Zeke look a little bit better there. You know what I mean? I think they mixed him in very nicely and gave some interesting, you know, uh, Kellen Moore gave some interesting formations that I like seeing some, you know, some play diversity, not just the same thing lining up over and over again. But to me, really, honestly, it was the, the defense that looked amazing. Mike, Micah Parsons looked fantastic. They had really good pass rush all game, but their, their secondary, Jordan Lewis, obviously Trayvon Diggs, we talked a lot about, uh, Curse. Those guys played fucking really well and just neutralized like Kyle Pitts, who is a really tough, you know, cover in the NFL today, this hybrid tight end wide receiver. I mean, they, they, I mean, he did nothing in that game. They took him away. They took him totally out of that game. Yeah, it's really pay attention. Like you like to see, especially when your office is kind of blown out the other team, like a defense that still takes pride in like doing what they're going to do on their side of the ball. And also things can get a little skewed, you know, there's, you know, there's an underground movement where, you know, interceptions might be one of the most overrated things in sports where it's just like, it's a stat that's really easy to just kind of spout and see on paper, but there's so much more meaning to actually what went behind it, right. which I think is interesting and true because I think we got really hyped up on Dallas's defense because of the INT and that kind of pinged up and put it on paper for us early. And then, you know, like, that's not necessarily what makes a great defense. It's cool. It's fun pick sixes are like dope to look at if you have a chain on the sideline like even better but it's just like you know at the end of the day like if it's just a defense that can steadily shut down an offense that was looking pretty good that was cooking like uh you know i think matt ryan had i don't know this is the last four games i top eight or something now it feels like i pull a stat on my ass but i definitely was was had, like up there with quarterback play it was we'll get into when we go into that segment too that i'll, I'll let you know about same segment yeah. we'll talk in here but let's jump over to um Chiefs beat up on the Vegas Raiders a little bit. Raiders that have a lot more going on just internally there than just like on the field shit. Obviously, like everybody knows, uh, everybody's been kind of lost on that from the coach down to personnel. But the thing really are the Chiefs back? Have they shown their back? Is this is this what we were just talking about? Like we've seen a little bit of the Chiefs floor and this is their ceiling, or are we elevating the Chiefs floor a little bit and they're they're really like something happened that game that made them click. And they're just like, Oh yeah, yeah. We were making this too difficult on ourselves. Here we go. Yeah. I mean, I think they're on the right track to that. You know what I mean? It's like, I, you know, I, I let's, yeah, it'd be, let's, scary. let's it'd be scary if you lost it. Like if they started out like week two and they had like, you know, a five touchdown game and then like three, four, five, they look crazy. It, it seems like at least it's kind of trending in the right direction. 
Right. You know, I mean, we're, we're coming off of back-to-back weeks before this where they did not look great against the Giants. They did not look great against the Packers. In, and, you know, truthfully, the Packers should have beat them had they had Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I don't think anyone's questioning that. But here's the thing is, is you catch a down team that's playing bad. I do like to see, you know, the Chiefs and, and any wishy-washy team or like the, the light switch, you know, getting flipped team that we talk about. When they're playing against a bad team, if they play down to their level, it's a red flag. It's a big red flag. In this game, they did not do that. So you've got to give, like, you've got to sit there and go, okay, maybe they've started to figure it out. Maybe they've, you know, we saw a lot more, you know, short and intermediate passes. We saw uh, Patrick Mahomes literally not try and push the ball down the field all the time on every play. He took those small, profitable 78-yard passes get it to kelsey get it to his receivers to make some small plays or just get a little you know momentum going and then this is what we see that rolls into five touchdowns and you know 422 yards of offense now here's the real test is they're going to go up against dallas next week so is this like uh we we figured it out and we're going to keep rolling or was this like we got momentum in this game we're not sure what we did right but also the other team was so dysfunctional that we couldn't have done anything wrong in that game. You know what I mean? Like that'll be really interesting. Like if, if they're just kind of like we arrived back, like I can't believe you got us. Cause it's funny, you know, like a week ago, two weeks ago, we were just like, is this team going to make the playoffs? And I think it was like venturing into plus money, if not even money for the chiefs to make the playoffs. Right. And, and now like, they're, now they're the, the division winner. That's how fast that changed. Yeah. Division winner. Um, the chargers absolutely falling off a cliff. Uh, the Broncos, I don't think, is just enough to make like a real threat toward. And the Raiders, I mean, like completely falling apart too. So it'll be um, Chiefs are back, and that Dallas Chiefs game will be. If the Chiefs can win that, like that will really give them the swagger back. They're just like, yep. Like now, and it'll give them confidence that they want too to like make make an actual deep run, which would be. AFC's looking a little harder than it did four weeks ago, though. With, like yeah. those papers and everything. We'll jump in too quick. I do want to talk about Ram and 49ers before. Okay, real quick. I th- I, like I think that I think the Chargers are a good team. I think that they have fucking hit a rough rough snide. I think they've hit okay. a little rough, rough patch. I mean, I know they lost. What do you think your, it is? Yeah, do, yeah, do you think it is like their <laughs> think it's their run defense? Do you think like Herbert's having a little bit more like a of a sophomore slump? Like do you don't think they're utilizing their weapons? Like what's going on? Well, they can't really. They haven't really run the ball the last couple of weeks. Those three of those four games, they've been well under, uh, I think, ninety yards. Uh, yeah. And and I think defensively, yeah, they've just gotten fucking the run defense. I think you nailed it right there. I mean, they're they're give, They can't run the ball. You know, they've had they have lots of weapons to run the ball, take the pressure off of uh, fucking Herbert because you know he is in his second year. But they can't stop anybody to save their fucking lives. Yeah, I mean, and that's what will happen, too, especially, like, uh, it's kind of like a worse combination, too, if you fall a little bit behind, like, uh, everybody already knows you're going to throw the ball if you're not running, which it seems like, I don't know why they're not running the ball, like, is it, like, O-line thing, it's like, there's enough talent on that team to just play action fast, pass, get that going, but yeah, I mean, like, that's, the nightmare is if you can't stop the run and you get behind double digits, because it's just, like, that game is going to start moving really quick. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see if that Chargers is is a good team. Yeah. Uh, all right. right. So you jump to, jump to Rams 49ers? Yes, now that please. we got you on the record that you like the Los Angeles Chargers, I do. I think they're I think they're good. I think they're good. All right. I think they're wild card team, man. Okay. All right, bro. All right, I like all right bro. All right, bro. 
Well, let's go through it real fast. Okay, let's go. Uh, division winners. Uh, let's figure out if you're right. So, division winner, Buffalo Bills. Uh, yep. We'll go Baltimore Ravens, Kansas City Chiefs, uh, Tennessee Titans. And then, so we got three wild cards. So, definitely New England Patriots. Uh, yeah, I think the Chargers would be there because we go New England Patriots, maybe Indianapolis Colts, maybe uh, Cleveland ooh. Browns. Browns are here. Cincinnati. Don't forget about Cincinnati. I think that they're hanging around I'm, there. I think I'm. I think I'm forgetting about Cincinnati intentionally. Intentionally, yes. 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 Cincinnati, give me that. Cincinnati. Ooh, is, is is Pittsburgh gonna Pittsburgh gonna make it in? Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't. Without Ben Roethlisberger, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I know it was just like kind of like COVID. Like, COVID. I still don't. Yeah, I still don't think he has the. I don't know. They. I mean, I, I feel like they're really scratching from behind, like just trying to like piecemeal like a team like as a team to get in there so that's the thing is is i would i would bet on the patriots obviously yeah and i'd bet on the chargers over any of those three teams Bengals, colts browns yep i agree you're right yeah you sold me no you got it chargers good team there you go heard it it first here guys uh (laughs) considering they don't have any fans you did hear it here first right exactly uh okay rams at 49ers um maybe talk about that yeah First time that Matt Stafford's thrown two picks in the first half and back-to-back games. Uh, are we overrating this Rams team? Like, did we, did, are we riding the way like we just heard? McVay, like Stafford, here we go. Cooper Cup, get ready. Buckle up. Right. Like right. Sam Donald, like it's it's ready to go. Or Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. Sam, so, Sam Darnold. He, we, we heard a little bit about him. Did the opposite. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's, I mean, there's times they look good, but I say more often than not, I'm just like, when's this team really going to start firing off? You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of that, the dream team, that Eagles dream team, when like, like they were just talking themselves up and you're watching, you're just like, all right, they're going to start cooking with gas anytime now. And it's like, Michael Vick is just like, look out when these guys take off, you better buckle up. And it's just like, it's not happening. Well, this is the thing is, is the addition of Vaughn Miller, which I think was a good addition. I mean, you get him on the cheap, you're going to make that move. But then the Odell Beckham thing, it's like everyone's going, all right, well, now this is a super team. This is, this is, you know, decided no one can stop them, you know, and they lose Robert Woods, which Robert Woods is really important to that team. Not a big flashy guy, but super important to their. That's what was good. The balance of that wide receiver core. It wasn't like, you know, you're not running the top. Like you don't have like Ridley and Michael Thomas and, right. you know, like all those, like, uh, whatever, like the, um, yeah, there's like another blue jet, but it's not about like all these, it just seemed like they gelled together. They knew each other, kind of yes. like spread the field, right. And it was just, it was a good balance. Yeah, they were they, exactly right. They, they each did a little something well. And each can be versatile enough where it's not like you're like, all right, well, this is Julio. He's our deep threat. We're putting him outside and you're our slot guy. You're just running over everything in the middle. They're super versatile. And that's what allows Sean McVay to get super creative and come up with these insane plays and, you know, figure this stuff out. But losing him was super devastating to that team. And I think we're still going to see the trickle down effect because, you know, uh, Sorry, because I don't think Odell Beckham is going to transition quite so well, so fast as we think that they are. Yeah, I agree. And that's, and that's why I almost feel like it's adding Odell Beckham Jr. isn't a move in the right direction because you're just like, oh, like here's, you know, 
here's a new golf club for your golf bag. And it's just right. like, I can't hit the fairway wood yet. Like, I don't need this, like, like this five wood or this just like I'm kind of like hybrid iron. Like I'm just, I'm still trying to figure out how to use this thing. So it's just like, it seems like more of a distraction. It's not the right word, but just like another hurdle to leap. And it's just like, Hey, like, I guess the only reason it makes sense is because they did lose. Um, what's it? We just said his name. Woods, Robert, Woods. Robert Woods. I guess it does make sense because Robert Woods was injured, but if he was not injured, this would be, I would think it's a weird move. I think it'd be a little, not, not like the late death protest much, but it's just like trying a little too hard. Right. Like it, it would kind of seem like you're not fully confident about it. Cause you're still like, I'm just going to throw fucking everything I can at this thing. And like, really just try to like force my way into a super bowl. Then that's the thing is, is 10 weeks. You should know what your team is. Right. And you shouldn't yeah. really be like tinkering with the alchemy so much you know what i mean i can see you know some of the smaller positional moves are maybe recovering for injuries and things like that um but kind of like you said like you know stacking this like a fantasy roster uh, you know and and i'm i'm more sold on von miller being like a, an addition you know because you could always use a pass rusher you could always be like a dwight freeney-esque situational pass rusher bring him in on a third down possession and, and you know, just re- wreak havoc, just go get the quarterback. And that'll be worth its weight in gold. But like a Odell Beckham, getting Odell Beckham is going to come with a level of like scrutiny and like attention that maybe you don't need right now. Maybe you don't need that. You know, I don't want to say you want to fly under the radar, but it's also, it's like, is he going to get, is the juice going to be worth the squeeze for Odell Beckham? That's my question yeah why do it and why do it in week 10 you know what i mean yeah i was asking acting like this such a good dude it's so hilarious he's thrown like he's two for two on throwing quarterbacks underneath the bus it's just uh keep track at home let me use my little calculator here that's 100 percent of the quarterbacks he's played with he's thrown underneath the bus yep no that tracks that 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 maps out um and i can't believe people have their bye week in week 14 they play 13 weeks of football before bye week still in the same i don't get it um, okay, bro, here it is. The main event for this segment that I want to talk about. Um, so the Patriots dominate the Browns. Yes, sir. Uh, Patriots same looking pretty good. Obviously, like uh, making some noise. Some people have them. I think there's uh, the odd, like, what is it? Plus 160, maybe, to win the AFC East, something like that. They still have to play the Bills twice, so everybody slow down. But those will be good football games. Not what I want to talk about. Uh, whatever. <laughs> we all see the Patriots. We know they're good. Mac Jones, yeah. What I want to talk about are what are the Cleveland Browns going to do about Baker Mayfield? It seems like right now we are in a situation where quarterback either gets paid top dollar or, you know, he's just a journeyman and dat dat. There's no middle ground. And it almost seems like ego, agents, whatever, how the market's set up, like it won't allow you to kind of do like some middling ground contract like you either got to be like this is our next guy or like the redskins at the time had to do with kirk cousins they were like we don't think you're top tier so we're just going to move on and we're going to figure it out and kind of start from scratch what yeah, do the browns and, do here? and and look where the redskin or the washington football team is now right have they yeah. have they ever have they ever figured it out they haven't they've missed on Dwayne haskins they brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is old, who's a stopgap. I mean, they haven't really figured it out. This is not to sit there and say, like, you have to break the bank for Baker. But, but they do. Uh, right. Baker oh, could I hold mean, him hosta- they, hosta- hostage. Yes. 
I, I mean, I think so, like just with egos and everything, like I think he would either be like, give me one of like whatever the max deal is now because it keeps going higher and make right. me the highest paid for whatever, like, you know, six weeks until like someone else resigns and makes it more with all that guaranteed money or you got to move on from me. And I would like to see, it's kind of funny, like, you don't want to start from scratch, but also like, you know, you're not going to win a chip with Baker Mayfield. You just know that you're not going to win with a B minus quarterback. Like it's, it's never going to happen. It's not going to happen with Kirk cousins. It's not going to happen with fucking um, Carson Wentz. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of guys that are pretty good and pretty salvageable and will get you above 500 that you're just not going to win a chip with. Yeah. I mean, yeah, these are all good points. I mean, I think these are all, you know, leverage points for the Browns, right. To sit there and say, Hey, look, like we'll commit to you. Right. We're not going to, we're not going to pay you a paltry sum. You know, we're going to give you B minus level quarterback pay, but also, you know, where's he going to go? What's the market going to look like? Is he going to go to Carolina? He's going to go to Carolina. That's exactly the Washington football team. That's exactly what I want to talk about. So I have a breakdown now. I want to see how these dominoes, we're going to spend a few minutes playing with this and then we'll move on because God knows we've been in this segment long enough, but this is fun is what I want to get to. So, um, so I wrote down some ideas of how this could end up. What do you think about so Atlanta Falcons kind of got a that I completely blown up a little bit, but they seem a little younger than their quarterback. Maybe need to shake it up for Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan has maybe two years left. Maybe move Baker Mayfield to Atlanta. Then the Browns take on Matt Ryan. I don't know why the Browns would want to take on Matt Ryan for two years because it doesn't necessarily feel like everything else is set up because whoever takes Matt Ryan has to feel like they're going to win in the next two years. Yeah. And I don't know if either team like does Stefanski for the Browns take a 37 year old, right? Well, I'm saying like, if if they, if they like, if they like their defense, if they think their defense is tough enough or that run game's good, like it seems like they could at least do a, they either feel like they're going to win now or start over. So at least it seems like a little bit of a stopgap to not like release Baker field, Baker Mayfield to completely start over. Cause if you think like yeah. there's enough pieces here. Yeah, actually that actually makes more sense now that you, you, you frame it in that position. If they're at the Browns are like our window is two, maybe three years at the most Yeah, for all this defense, shit. Strong run game. Yep. We've got, uh, you know, a couple young wide receivers that maybe we like, or maybe we can add on through, yeah, maybe add one veteran wide receiver, like coming right. from somewhere, like um, off the top of my head, I don't even know where they could stack one. Who would be an interesting? Odell Beckham. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, just, like, I don't know. Like I said, like a like a like a Mari Cooper. I I don't know. Like someone just kind of like of that stature. Or, and... Yeah, or uh, like a Michael Gallup. I think Michael Gallup is in his fifth year. Mike Williams is in his playing for contracts with the uh, Chargers. Yeah. Those yeah. are guys that are like, all right, you could be, we could this is where our spend would go. Uh, but these are all the things that I'm selling Baker Mayfield to take a little less money. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think you can take it that far where it's just like, we'll ship you to the fucking Atlanta <laughs> unless you sign this contract. Like, right. No, 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 no. But I'm saying, but I'm saying to, I'm saying to Baker is, is we're not going to pay you $35 million a year. You're not a yes. $35 million quarterback, but we believe in you. The, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pay you. 20 or 25 i don't know what the market is let's say 25 and that other 10 here are the guys that we're going to target and go after here are the here are the things that we're going to bring in for you that's good to make you better that's my pitch 
rather than trying to start over and, and taking some of the leverage away from um, Baker. I have to give him a plan of who I'm going to go after. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. So I'm going to go after some people, and then I'm going to take this other. But I, t- but, but I do like your Falcons contingency B, Thanks, which is like, all right, fucking you're not going to play ball. Let's ship him out. Let's bring in fucking Matty Ice. Got a big airport. Uh, maybe I'll do this. Like I'll spend five Baker to take a little less money. Um, we'll go five million. We'll go out and try to get somebody. And then also, I just give you a four million dollar check for every playoff game you win. Right. So it's right here. <laughs> this is called the divisional round. It says four million. I'll endorse it as soon as you win a fucking playoff game. This is fucking for eight million. Gonna want to hold on to that one. This right. is for AFC Championship. I'll sign that motherfucker as soon as you win that game. Let's really get some, let's start entices some players. Um, okay, well, maybe we'll save this for another section because I did start going down the rabbit hole. Like I had like, would you do Baker Mayfield for Kirk Cousins? Like uh, that would be both teams have to kind of move on. Would seem like a weird move for Cleveland probably, but like. Stefanski knew what, knew, knows what he has with, with the Vikes, former offensive coordinator for the Vikes. Not totally insane. Okay, what, uh, here's, here's what I like. If Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers both free up. Do either of them want to go to Cleveland? Interesting. Aaron Rodgers, young defense. Where's his? Where's his assets? Where's his playmakers in on Cleveland? Yeah, I don't think he has one. And it's like, I don't, is this guy's ego big enough that I'm going to win no matter where I go? Like, I wonder right. if he's been so spoiled by, I think his, his streak for like better than average receivers has been pretty good. His streak yes. for shitty defenses, even better than that. Like he said, really terrible defenses, but he's had some real, like, you know, like I don't think Jarvis Landry is necessarily like at his peak. So it would be, uh, probably have to get another weapon there but i don't know what kind of game he wants to play too like right. i don't i don't know if aaron aaron Rodgers obviously seems a little bit more comfortable to the doesn't necessarily have to throw the ball all around the yard and get all the love he'll he will if he has to and i think he likes to keep the defense honest but not afraid of a running game man both of those players seem just look bizarre to me i'm trying to picture them in a fucking browns uniform and it looks bizarre to me yeah yeah, it looks crazy that we're even even talking about it, especially since Cleveland wouldn't really have any leverage in this. One thing I was thinking is Russell Wilson to the Minnesota Vikings could make a lot of sense. Oh, would you be would you be Mister Unlimited to the Vikes? And I just wish I wish he wasn't corny as fuck. Everything else is really. Did exciting. you go from from fucking one dork quarterback to another dork quarterback? <laughs> yeah, I like I like her cousin. He's time blocks. I'm a time blocker. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I, I, I think it'd be, I, I think the the weapons for Russell Wilson could be really, really fun to watch. Uh, it just depends. Like if yes. Seattle has no leverage, I mean, I would think if Minnesota was interested, Minnesota like fires Zimmer and they're ready to actually move on. Like it seems like they'd want to blow up a lot of stuff. I could see wanting to move on from Cousins to not getting there. And if Russell Wilson is free, there's a lot of young talent on this Minnesota team that I think Russell Wilson would be like, this is a place that I can go to and make an honest run to the NFC championship. Now, especially with Aaron Rodgers leaving the NFC North, if that goes down too, like that NFC North is there for the wide team. open, wide open. Oh yes. I like this. Here's the thing is, is how much influence does Russell Wilson have in selecting the head coach? 
meaning if you get this guy, I will sign with your team. Yeah, that's true. And I, I do think that uh, that's been one thing that I was a little pissy about. I think in Seattle, I think Minnesota would give that to him. I think Minnesota would be so quick to do the transition because they feel like they've been building towards something for like the last six years that just never really, the closest it came is when, they, you know, starting quarterback got knocked down and they had to put Case Keenum in there. That's oh, it. Yeah. And it took like something that literally has miracle in its name, like one of those plays to actually right, right, right. So it was uh so I think I, I think it's a quick reset button. And I think the more important thing is you gotta take advantage of a lot of the good drafting you've done and Delvin Cook and Justin Jefferson. Uh and then you know, like Thielen's still there, young. Uh it looks like this new like a tight end that they have, even though Irv Smith's injured. It's other cat, like pretty good. Like, Conklin. Hey, oh, you like Conklin. Yeah. I know you like Conklin. Yeah. I, yeah, I love Minnesota. I think that uh, there would be there's for a team that might move on for their quarterback. I don't know if there's a better situation in the NFC with talent wise on the offensive side of the ball than the Minnesota Vikings. You know, you make a very compelling case, especially if Aaron Rodgers leave. There will be a void. It'll be yeah. like when ISIS moved out of Kabul. Now, fucking, you know, the fucking you know Arab Spring moves it. It's something. something like that, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm not like, geopolitical. I don't know anything. <laughs> Punch your cards to postseason. All right, guys, that gobbled up uh, a lot of time. Okay, let's go real fast to um, it. Maybe fixes Scotty Pippen's reputation. <laughs> Clear. <laughs> Clear. <laughs> Call it. Like there it is. Um, I don't know what happens. Uh, Scotty Pippen. It's basically, this seems like a situation where, like, you told a two-year-old that, like, puppies can die of cancer. This was, like, so unnecessary. Like, yes. Scottie Pippen was just beloved. Uh, nothing more American than Scottie Pippen than, like, eating a hot dog or, like, what are, like, you yeah. know, day he drinking. lovable sidekick. He was, he was perfect. He was Robin yeah, the Batman. Gets... We loved, we loved Scottie. Is this his, does he, so he's probably trying to sell books. And let's, let's start with the macro. Does he really believe he's better than Michael Jordan? Oh man, I yes, I think this is the clickbaity. I'm trying to get out there and move some units right here. <laughs> yeah, there's just because I guess like uh, he didn't get to say all that he wanted to in that, and I could see like I guess you know we weren't there with Jordan in the locker room and just watching those like. I saw his cocky attitude, and if he couldn't back it up, of course that shit would get old. After yeah. video, even if you can back it up, like it's still like day in day out. Like I'm only packing one suit. We get it, Michael. You're only packing one suit. I know. <laughs> like understood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, right, we all right. suck. Like we're well, gonna stay to your level. Like you try to understand. I see how that gets old. I can see how it'd be a little frustrating. But you guys, you guys did so much great work. Today. He just went off the deep end with it a little bit. It was just like they were like just as good or just as close like when he took that year off and it's i it's, it seems like a not really revisionist history but a little i don't like a little ego is good in everybody it just i don't know it seems well it seems it seems that we, we've seen a track record of this too where i mean you know he scotty pippen has had a you know the ability to kind of throw temper tantrums we saw it in the year off when jordan wasn't there and Phil Jackson called Kukoc's number yeah. and he fucking pouted on the sidelines. Like he's got a little bit in this. Scotty Pippen seems to me like he found his perfect role, which was he was an unbelievable athletic basketball player. But had he been put on a team like the Orlando Magic, maybe pre, you know, uh, you know, Shaq and Shaq, right? Yeah. 
like he couldn't have carried that team. like put him on the Denver Nuggets like he's not taking them and he's not winning six titles during that time he'll be a very good basketball and all-star player but nobody that's going to be like the the Michael Jordan of the league and it's just not in his personality it's not in his his DNA he needed a Jordan to be that person just like in every great tandem there needs to be the like I am the leader and and I am you know I am your you're the godfather and I'm your fucking your consigliere like this is the role I need to play and you be the fucking heavy and I'll be the guy to be a little like nice and comforting you need that there's the yin and the yang of that and now I think he's you know Scotty's had a little bit of a rough go you know he's (laughs) a little little wifey issues little little getting dogged out on the fucking the last dance like I can see it. He's a little butt hurt. His ego is hurt. And now he's lashing out, like you said, a two-year-old who recently found out what death is. And this is and this is where we're at. Yeah. So, so even like this Patty, so I really not to play like armchair psychologist or anything, like just breaking down because what is it? Like, does he not feel like he's getting the respect? Because sometimes, like, you know, it could be he seems like a quieter dude like yeah. maybe like kind of like a like a shyer dude and you know you maybe can start to like resent not getting the attention you think you deserve and then you you try to act like you're an alpha and nothing looks like it fits weirder than like a suit that's too small than right. like just kind of like a beta dude like trying to come off alpha and it's just like you don't realize like alpha is like uh it's a it's a fucking energy that people yes. can like feel like you can't fake it because even like people that aren't alphas they're just like oh this feels weird oh you're not really like you're not really like this like i'm not buying it right and it's counter to the persona that we've seen for years and have countless hours of track record of who scotty pippen is and to now just like fucking pull the emergency brake on it and try and do a 180 spin so it doesn't make sense it doesn't it doesn't add up and i I love your your beta alpha analogy because i think you're right it's like He's trying this on for size and it, and it, no one thinks it, it fits no. and no, no one's buying it. So looks weird. How do we fix this? You know, I, I got to fix. Got, I got to fix too. Yeah. Right. We brother, do call this segment I, MAB fixes. Okay. Do what do you got, brother? You want to go? I'll go. I, I got a fix for you, Scotty. I'm here to give you a hug, bro. You need a hug? That's my fix. <laughs> fucking Jesus Christ. Fucking headlock. Yeah. Uh, okay. So here's what I think he does. I think he challenges for charity Jordan to a one-on-one contest, which will play during the halftime of the all-star game. Ooh. And when he loses to Michael Jordan, he just smiles and he can just say, I guess you are the best. <laughs> and it is kind of like a tongue in cheek laugh. And then we'll all fucking forget about this little, like six months tent that Scotty Pippen was just like, I'm the best in the world. It's like, Oh, you're trying to sell books. Copy that. Copy that. That, that, um, I do. Yeah. Buy his book. Maybe a GoFundMe. Maybe we can make up for some of those lost <laughs> funds. Um, here's another fix. Hey, Scotty, I'm, I'm calling. Come here. Come on. The MAB sports podcast. We'll get this. Oh, fucking rise yeah. rain. Get well, this rise rain, bro. Let's do it. Yeah. Become we'll huge. hold you accountable. I Pippin, if you come on this podcast, we will say that our number one basketball player of all time of the MMA Sports podcast is Scotty Pippen. That's how big a fucking sellout we are. Oh, 100%. Days. I'll fucking <laughs> sign on the dotted line. <laughs> like, this episode 194 brought to you by Scotty Pippen's factual book, just full of facts. <laughs> your accounts. Michael Jordan's a dick, episode 90, 195. <laughs> um, all right. You hear about this? You hear about oh, this? All right. Time for this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, right. Guys, we used to do this. I almost forgot about it because we got so many sweet segments. 
But jumped into the back to this when the inbox runs a little dry. It may be sportspodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up. Get some in there. But um, yeah, so rip these from my favorite news source. You can scroll through it very quickly. We'll walk into the elevator. It's fine. Little two paragraphs <laughs> catches you up to all the news you need. Um, all right, Pete Davidson, apparently dating Kim Kardashian after that Whoa. third Lion song, understood his lore, stuck up for him. Davidson is crushing it. There's no two ways about it. My question for you, brother. What in the SNL member did you have the biggest crush on? Working SNL? Yes, yeah, Saturday Night Live, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, thanks. Um, uh, uh, Kristen Wiig is always up there. Yeah. I, I find her cute. Um, Chris Farley. He's Chris also Farley, cute. Big He's crush also cute. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who sure. doesn't love Chris Farley? He's, I love his energy. Oh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Um, this might be a little older for you. Who is the blonde haired? She went a little wacky. What was her name? Wacky blonde hair. Yeah. Shit. What was her name? Like Tra- Trisha. Shit. You look it up. I'll do mine real fast while you look it okay. up. Okay. Old school Gildner Radner for sure. A little before my time, but still like a little crush. Like when I watch her, like kind of old stuff, just really like her sense of humor. Cute, funny. Yep. Yep. Um, Maya Rudolph. I didn't get a crush on Maya Rudolph when she first popped up SNL, for sure. Very and cute. Maya Rudolph, my boy, P.T. Anderson, his wife, Licorice Pizza out next Thursday. Excited about that. Oh, I like it. I can't find this goddamn lady's name. Uh, Tina Jackson, Victoria Jackson. Oh, Victoria Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, She's yeah, cute, yeah. kind of bubbly. She's yeah, always, yeah. I remember Victoria Jackson. Um, all right, James Gandolfini once helped an actor not to do a nude scene he was uncomfortable with. Uh, Sopranos actor Pete Reigert said James Gandolfini helped him push back against a nude scene. I remember this scene. He played like a congressman, dates like the Russian girl that James Gandolfini used to date. And James uh-huh. Gandolfini in the locker room, he's like, no, or yeah, Tony Soprano's like, no problem. Yeah, date whoever you want to. Like, I moved on for that girl. And then he kind of like, hears a song on the radio, gets kind of nostalgic, goes over to his house while she's there, and then beats him up with the belt right in front of her. The guy was supposed to be kind of like naked to that or like Tony's supposed to pull his underwear off to like kind of like humiliate him. But Spank him. Yeah, so James was like, let me help you out. Um, so let's say you're on a TV show. How nude would you get for a scene, bro? You do full frontal? What's up? Oh, F- yeah. fucking Gotta get some Bruce hang. Willis? No way. Yeah. Got a little Kevin, Kevin Bacon. Oh, man. Well, why is that such a big deal? Showing her dicks. On fucking camera in a movie. It's pretty permanent. I don't know. Maybe it's very permanent. permanent. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's also because, like, look, first off, most actors, not big guys, and big guys yeah. tend to not have big penises. Okay. No, All right. I'm just putting on what <laughs> four facts or facts live. Look, man, no one wants to hang a fucking soft dick either. All right. Yeah, I don't do that. Yeah. But you also so, can't walk out there with just like fully erect because you're just like, this doesn't really fit the scene. I don't get why this is like full staff here. I I would argue fucking fully erect would be worse. Like, because no. then you know all that you're working with. That's that's <laughs> terrible. No really, way. Really going for it on episode yeah, I, one. I, I, okay. So what you do? Uh, you do uh, you do ass, like just back nudity. I would do totally ass. I do totally okay, I'd totally ass. Good. And I would, yeah, I'd have to fucking put the little like bag of my my twig and berries. <laughs> can I just show balls? Is that impossible? Is that can I do tasteful nuts? 
<laughs> you know, yeah, if, if it's requested, it's just by request. Let's wait for the request to come in. Um, all right, we walked down there. Okay, so Vikings coach Mike Zimmer gets a phone call from Deion Sanders during a press conference. Who's the most famous person you've ever talked to on the phone? Ooh, on the phone. On the phone, yes. Um, I once talked to Aziz Ansari's mom on the phone. <laughs> all right. Does that count? Yeah, it does count. Yeah, I think she was. I think she was a master of none, right? I think he had his real parents in there. Like, oh, two. sure. There you go. Look at that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm trying. To, I'm really on the phone. Uh, no, I wouldn't. No, that doesn't. No, never was that. Uh, yeah, I think that. Uh, I think that might be probably close to it. Well, who about you? What about you? You uh, wheel and got, deal a lot more. Don't blow me away out of this one. Uh, we got. Atlantis Morissette. Oh, like, yeah. Was that or uh, talked to uh, Daryl Hammond from SNL? He was an oh old George George Takai. I think that's his name. Those, I mean, those are my top three. Technically, Jay Moore on this podcast, baby. What's up? Oh yeah. Well, that was. I thought that was the assumed number one. Oh yes. Number one or boy. To be fair, outside yeah. of podcast life is the question. Outside of podcast, yeah. 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 Um. You said Daryl Hammond, Alanis Morissette, and who was the third one? Uh, George Takai, the, uh, the Star Trek dude. Oh, Star Trek. Yeah, Star Trek. Yeah, uh, I got you. Got to go Alanis on that one. That's probably your most famous call. I think so. Yeah, with Alanis Morissette for sure. She's cool. Very nice. Very cool. Has that HBO doc coming out? But I think she kind of disowned the doc. Was not happy with how that whole thing was set up. Really? Oh, you hear about? I did not hear about this. Hear about this? Hear about this? Um, did you guys hear about this? The Apostle Showdown brings us to the jam. So let's leave it alone Cause we can't see eye to eye There ain't no good guy There ain't no bad guy There's only you and me And we just disagree Hi bro, um, he was this, it was, uh, so this was sent in from emailer of the podcast, Banger. Uh, I've been sitting in the inbox for a little while, but he wants to break us down our top three trick plays. So Ooh, we fun. could have went a bunch of different directions with this. Yeah. Uh, what direction you went. I didn't want to ask you about this. So I was reading this and so I was trying to think about trick plays. I was like, all right, well, what sports are they in? Is it really like trick basketball plays? Like you can like nutmeg someone, I guess. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. really like trick plays. Yeah. I do like a no look pass and stuff, which I guess is kind of like no look. It's, so there's that baseball play where they're on first base, like they try to pick them off and then you fake throw. Like throw it back. Yeah. And then like, is that like frowned upon? Is that considered like bad sportsman or like, like against the unspoken rules that you don't do that? Cause I, I don't see it done a lot and they always look kind of pissed off. Like, is it corny? And also if you don't pull it off, like if you fake throw it and the guy's like, what are you doing? Like you kind of look like an idiot. Like what's up with this fake baseball throw thing? Yeah, I think you're right on the unwritten rule of it, right? That it's like yeah. it's frowned upon because there's just kind of like this agreement that it's like, all right, I'm going to slide. You didn't get me. I'm going to get up. And now you're trying to trick me. I mean, I'm, I'm not paying attention. I'm not watching the ball leave your hand to go to the pitcher. You know, I'm assuming yeah. that the throw was made. Right. We do see it happen every once in a while. That's why I put it on my console bracket because I was like, nice. I, cannot, I cannot put the fake ball big throw to the pitcher uh as like a true trick play because that's just like 
they're kind of cheating. You're kind of pulling at the fabric of what we all agree upon as professionals. You know, yeah, the courtesy. Just, yeah, and I think it just kind of makes you look like a dork if they don't yeah. fall for it. It's yeah, like, exactly. can, can we play this game? Like, quit your little, like, reindeer games. Like, let's go. Like, we're trying to, we're playing a sport here. We're all professional athletes. Exactly right. All right, my number three is actually from a movie. Oh. The Little Giants. Oh. And, uh, the last play that they do is a trick play. John Madden comes into town. Yeah. Teams up with the little nerd on the sideline. And they do the, uh, I believe it's called the Annexation of Puerto Rico. Which is, I don't know if you remember right. this. It's well, because all movies need all football movies need this, right? When the underdog team beats the pro team, like it comes down to some trick play, some trigger, some yep, lineman yep. running a football, which is exactly what we have here. Like quarterback takes a snap and then sets the football right behind the like the center's leg and the center stands there. Yeah. Or like quietly picks it up and starts like kind of running down the field with it. And there's a bunch of laterals and stuff, but it's literally a trick play. Yeah. I like it. Absolutely. Uh a uh Date night, right? Little Giants. We did for date. It was, night it was one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The annexation of Puerto Rico. Yeah, of course. I remember that. I'm glad you explained that. I love it. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> that sound like I loved it. Um, <laughs> not really. Not really. No, no, no. Uh, my number three um, was a real play. I think this kind of actually. I, I don't want to give it like totally like a fake ball play, but I do like the little bit of the gamesmanship. I'm going with, I think it was in like the early 90s, drink everybody for the year, maybe 91, 92, 93, somewhere in there. Dan Marino, Miami Dolphins coming down last second. He's yelling to clock the ball. I'm going to clock it. He's yelling everyone. He's going to clock it. And the Jets fall prey to this. He hikes it. They had set it up. I forget the wide receiver, maybe OJ McDuffie, drink everybody. Uh, Streaks out. They score a touchdown on it because he, he faked clocking yeah. the ball and then threw a bomb over the top and the jets weren't ready for it i thought that that was pretty good i do like that and we say that uh kind of i don't not not as often now but yeah there was a run that was kind of going on and i do i think that's perfect i like that a lot so your team's really organized also like whatever the yep. signal is like this is going to be a fake spike and it also comes down you know when you talk about that like spiking the ball and running out of time you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of that thanksgiving game with matt stafford do you remember when he got down to like the one yard line and it looks like he was gonna spike it or something and he just snaps it really fast and he just like he just jumps dives over, over. yeah yeah yeah. yeah that okay. was yeah that was great too yes um everybody that's a good one yours happened in real life mine's worth six points so we'll call it knotted up at six i like okay. it tied up all tied up oh oh ties on the board uh, look out look out look out uh my number two this is a real play listen to podcast today remind me of this coach so i had to go back and actually watch the play and i like the way that they pulled it up on i like the whole story about it and maybe just knowing the backstory gives you more they practice it in the hotel lobby because they didn't want the to do an actual open space where they could be recording and seeing it done so somebody's recording you know we're going to be talking about the patriots and the patriots playing those philadelphia eagles i'm talking about the philly special Ooh. rewatch the philly special Nick Foles runs. So the story behind it is just like they had this play ready. Uh, Peterson didn't know when he was going to use it. He imagined it'd be like, you know, like a third one, possibly in the red zone, something like that. Sure. And just the opportunity showed itself, you know, like fourth and one or fourth and goal on the one yard line. And Nick Foles comes over the sideline and Nick Foles brings up, he's like, you want to run the Philly special? Peterson is like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. So he's like, okay, great. Like do it. And it's just like, I, it's just, it's great. It looks like one of those plays that executed perfectly. Like, you know it'll score but you also you know it's like it's like the nitro boost 
like on off super off road. You only got one of them. So yeah. like you like you gotta <laughs> use it well. Time it right. And it was uh yeah, it's it's great. And it's just like hearing them talk and then like running that seat along in real time, knowing that they walk through it like in the hotel lobby and then practice in real time. It's it's cool. I like that. I like the I like the added wrinkle of practicing in the lobby. I do think that there's a little not trying to take any shine away. That's probably why it's number two. I think there's a little debate on the some of the motion in that. There might be a little illegal motion on that. Oh, uh, illegal shift, like two guys moving at the same time. Some, something like that. Yeah. I've oh, heard some right. I've heard some Patriots fans. I bet you did uh, hear some Patriots. Fucking, fucking, <laughs> yeah, boo-hooing that play. Yes. Sure. Um my number two going uh to back or going to the college range excuse me uh i've seen this play a time or two i was doing just a little reading up and i remember this play it's a great play uh it was presbyterian uh a one double a school going up against wake forest so a lot of times college football they'll they'll pay these little rabble rousers to come here and get the shit kicked out of them so presbyterian drew up a fucking great play where they basically a quarterback gets the ball, hikes it, throws the ball backwards towards the wide receiver, but skips it off the ground. A literal yeah. perfect fucking oh, bounce pass off the yeah. ground. Wide receiver catches it and then acts as if like it's an incomplete pass. But in fact, it's a lateral. Exactly. Yeah. So then he, and then the defenders are kind of charging up and they kind of stop. And then he fucking winds up and throws one deep over the top. Burns Wake Forest's defense for a TD. Fucking oh, sick play. My God, I love the reason. So you might win this because you know what I was thinking. I was just like, most awesome is going to win because he knows college football. And I think college football is where you can really just see some people yes. just fucking take the reins off. They're like, who gives a fuck? Let's go. I mean, we saw the Statue of Liberty in a bowl game for crying out loud. Like college, like college football doesn't. But Statue of Liberty too seems just kind of like, I, like it just doesn't seem practical in real life. No, yeah, like, you can't pull like, that off like, in real life. Yeah. But uh, I like that skip pass. The only thing that's kind of crazy about it is just like, you must really not give a shit because to make that football bounce the way you want it to bounce, like football's not known for that. Football's yes. not known for like doing exactly what you want them to do it's off the ground. The, the execution of that is insane. There's yeah. two, there's two times where I've been blown away by what a football does, what somebody did with the football. One was that play. The other is there's a video out there where Allen Iverson dribbles a football, dribbles a football like a basketball, like around That's... the back, through his legs, crossing up. It's fucking wild. I, you know, I have to shoot tomorrow and I'm going to be up all night, like watching Presbyterian, like just go yard. <laughs> I'm like, like Forrest watching Allen Iverson dribble footballs. Now I kind of want to watch that one kicker that could like kick the football and hit the crossbars all over the place. All right. Yes. That's great. Yes. Um, okay, so yours is oh the bounce pass. Yeah, so we're gonna give you the bounce pass plus numbers. They probably stood in place for 15 seconds, giving you 15. Um, Philly special uh, illegal shift. That's a loss of five yards. So I'm gonna get a negative bracket before we jump into this. That was spot. Any more? Concert bracket. You got one. I didn't have awesome. any real consolation brackets. I did have, uh, I, I have, if you ever, if you've seen these, these is, this is kind of akin to your, you know, fake throw. Uh, I've seen a lot of youth football plays where they do the wrong football. Have you seen these be? Uh, uh-uh. so this is a, this is a very chintzy move here. I do not like this where it's like young kid comes up under center, 
Center stands up, turns over his side, and hands the ball. Quarterback gets it, starts walking to the sideline going, it's wrong ball. Oh, yeah. And everyone freezes, and he gets just outside of the wide receiver and then cuts up, starts and everyone goes nuts. Everyone's freaking out. But it's like, these are high school. Some so I've seen some high school. I've never seen it in a high pro. School, wow. Yeah, sounds high school. Little, yeah, sounds this a little like open. a wrong ball. Let Santa Claus bring me the right one because I'm still enough to believe it's Santa Claus. Exactly. Yes, a lot of youth football. You'll see this, and it's like, come on, are we really cheating? Fucking trying to win that one? Yeah, exactly. Because it's also like you want to talk about looking corny. Like if you're like the coach of that, like running the wrong ball, like with a bunch of like eight year olds. Like if you're a parent in the stand, aren't you just like? Come on, man. Yeah. It's yeah. also like, it's kind of like, it's a little sportsmanship, right? The defense being like, giving you the benefit of the doubt. It's just like, oh, like something like, usually you're not supposed to pick up the ball like that. Like it should be like, you know, a false start, but whatever. Like we'll let him. Yes. You're preying on, on the lack of understanding from all, all participants. Okay. My number one spot. I think about that. I mean, we kind of have an unspoken rule where I, I don't, I don't know if you go for this. Like I don't try to dig in and like, I try to let, my memory give me my top three yes like i try to avoid like top 20 like biggest trick plays of all time like i'm just like all right dig up from your own experience yes Frank yes Dana. i like this but they have you on the pops but they listen Boy. uh so this is what i came up with because i like this i like this for risk reward i like the stage it's on the level the balls it took the fact that you actually executed it the fact that this thing gets executed like at a percentage when people know it's coming like 10% of the time. Now I'm talking about saints versus Colts. Uh, so oh, this second half the fucking onside, onside kick, kick. fucking stones in the super bowl to start the second half of a super bowl onside kick. And you hear, um, Sean Payton, like runs with they're going out there. He kind of has his back. Like everybody's just like, guys, we got to recover this onside kick. Got to recover this onside kick. And it's just like, he's just like, let's go. Love it. I love yeah. walking out the tunnel and being like, let's onside kick. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That took, that's right. That took some stones. Um, and it's Super call. Everybody in a Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. In, a, in a Super Bowl too. That's the thing. That's the thing. That's the moment that you win or lose a Super Bowl right there. Right. Um, my number one, this is where you might close the gate on or close the gap here because you mentioned it. You brought it up. I love this play. Boise State going against Oklahoma in the Orange ah, Bowl. Yes, 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 yes. Not only did they have one trick play, they had two trick plays. They had a hook and ladder to set them up to go for the Statue of Liberty play. So they had two trick plays on the same possession. Jared Zabransky gets the ball, fakes it, flips it behind his back. Ian Johnson the running back for the Boise State Broncos runs it in. They win. Walk off for Boise State. Does someone propose? Ian Johnson then runs to the stands and proposes to his girlfriend. Yeah. Wow. What a fucking what a talk about a trick play. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, just, <laughs> I, I didn't have anywhere to go with that. I was hoping yeah, you were going to bail like, me out on that. Yeah, that's one. what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, well, you, you pulled on the heart chains a little bit, so I did bring it up, um, but I just can't get – I'm always going for a proposal, and I'm always going for bouncing a football off the fucking ground. Yes. Most impressive thing we heard. Like, um, you make a ball off an onside kick, but you can't go yard skipping that football off. Just for the fact that Allen Iverson dribbling a football, you look like. Okay, it's another win for most awesome. Guys, MAB Sports Podcast, episode 193. Thanks for listening. You got something you want to let us know. Shoot us an email, mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. MVPs of the week. Uh, Boyd, the guy that wrote our actual jingle for date night, uh, got married. He's a husband now. 
lovely bride married last weekend chris allen hannah uh those are my mvps congrats on the nuptials very good very good sharing one wedding anniversary date with one mr most awesome and dr mrs the commish that's a good day yes november (laughs) 14th yes uh celebrated 12 years of marriage uh 17 17 altogether which is wild to say yeah it's a legit number it sounded serious bro i sounded yeah it sounded real legit right <laughs> um but i am actually gonna go with a i'm not gonna give it to my wife i give it to her too much no thank you no i'm actually gonna give it to we went out to dinner on sunday night there's a random stranger a nice elderly gentleman my family went out we had dinner and then we went to go get ice cream little older couple came up behind us and we said you know what folks you go ahead of us this this will take forever there's just the two of you go ahead of us and he was really nice we had a little small talk and then they went and they ordered their food their 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 ice cream uh they skedaddled out of there my wife and we finally got our shit together to get our order in and fucking sit down we had to commish junior to the potty he went potty and then sat down went to go pay for it the guy paid for paid for our fucking ice cream really nice super super kind so whoever you are kind stranger out there i know you're wearing cowboy boots and a fucking bedazzled black and red cowboy shirt so whoever you are thank you sir you're kind thank you i'm on the podcast anytime talk ice cream with a boy scotty pippen guys it may be sports podcast episode one nine three i am brandon why don't you sign yourself off most awesome audience there's no tricks in this podcast but every once in a while we will pull out a mavixation of Puerto Rico Runway, style, fame, she likes fashion.